You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today we are in week number five of a series that we're calling This Is Us. And this is a series where for the very first time in the four-year history of our church, we are actually teaching through our 10 values. And our values, they really are what make us uniquely us as a church. Think of it this way, that our values are our DNA as a church. And really what I've been praying throughout this series is that these wouldn't just be like, you're learning about church values. Really what I'm praying is that our church values would start to become your personal values that you start living out in your life. And so far, we've talked about four out of our 10 values. In week one, we talked about Jesus is our message. In week two, we talked about our value that people are our priority. In week three, we talked about our value that unity is our pursuit. And then last week, we talked through our value passion is our response. And I just want to just say, I thought Jasmine did an incredible job last week and just was a powerful message. That's great. But this week, if you're taking notes, um, we're going to be talking about our next value, and that is honor is our posture. That's the value that we want to talk about and break down today. Honor is our posture. I want everybody to say honor Honor. is our posture. Come on, one more time. Honor Honor. is our posture. We are a church and we will continue to be a church that that consistently takes the posture of honor. And let me just say, I am so excited to share God's word today. I feel like I'm about to pop because God has been teaching me so many things throughout this last week. In fact, this is the very first time in 18 years of full-time ministry of preaching and teaching God's word that I've done one whole message on the subject of honor. And I'm telling you, God has been speaking to me and showing me so many things that I cannot wait to share. So I've got a lot to share in a very short amount of time. Honestly, it feels like I've got enough content to do a full series, but I've only got 37 minutes left. And so today, here's what I'm going to need you to do. Like, I'm going to ask you to lean in that we're going to go after it today. So today's going to look a little bit different. I got a lot of content, a lot of content. Okay. So there's not going to be a lot of fluff. Uh, There's going to be no stories. You're not getting one story today, okay? No stories. There's no jokes. Uh, There's not even an intro. I'm not even going intro today. Like, we are not messing around. We are just going to dive right in and get after it. Anybody cool with that? You cool with that? Okay. So, But I do want to warn you. Here's the warning. Today may be challenging. I believe with all my heart that God's going to get all up in your business today because all week long he's been getting up in my business. Um, because here, here's the truth, because what we're talking about today is countercultural. We live in a world, we live in a culture of dishonor. We don't live in a world that's full of honor. And honestly, the dishonor is really rampant. I mean, it's so easy for you and I to get kind of sucked into that vortex of dishonor. But listen, we, especially if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, we are called to be different. Like we, we are not called to fit in. Church, we are called to stand out. 
We are called to look different. We are called to be people who consistently, even in a culture of dishonor, we are called to be people who consistently take the posture of honor. So I believe with all my heart that God today, that he wants to speak to you, that he wants to challenge you, that he wants to do something significant in your life today. So lean in, let's take some notes. There's gonna be a lot of content today, but before we get there, let's pray. Okay, let's open up our heart to God. God, would you speak to us today? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, told you I don't got much time. Today, let's just dive right in. I wanna answer three questions from God's word about honor. And here's the first question I wanna talk about. What is it? Like, what is honor? Because for us to really know what it is, like we, we have to be, like we need to know what it is before anything. So what is honor? In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in honoring each other. But my question is, what does that even mean? Because in my experience, there's a lot of confusion that's around this subject of honor. Like, there's a lot of confusion over what honor actually is. I think you could probably ask 10 people in this room and you'll get 10 different answers of what honor is. But if you look in the original languages of the Bible, let's start with the Greek, but the word honor in the original Greek, which the New Testament was actually written in, the word that's used in Romans chapter 12 is originally written in Greek, it's the word teme. Everybody say teme. It's the word teme. And it literally means to value. In other words, honor it's, don't miss this. Honor is when you recognize and you acknowledge the accurate value of a person. That's what it means to honor someone, to acknowledge, to recognize the accurate value of a person. Now, the word in the original Hebrew that's translated honor. And by the way, the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi, was written in Hebrew, and it's the word kavad. Everybody say kavad. Come on, say it, say, say it like you know some Hebrew. Kavad. Kavad. And it literally means heavy or weighty. In other words, honor is when we recognize and acknowledge the weight of someone's value. That's why at a funeral, I was actually having a conversation with somebody this weekend about this. That's why when you go to a funeral, it feels heavy. Why? Because you have a big group of people that are all in one place at one time with one goal, to honor the life of that person. And so honor, there's a weight, there's a heaviness to honor. It's, it's, it's acknowledging that person's value. But when we dishonor, get this, we take a person lightly. Like we don't acknowledge the weight of their value. So let me put it this way. See, honor says, I see you the way that God sees you. That's what honor is. Honor says, I see you the way that God sees you. It's when you see people through God's eyes. It's when you see the value that God has for people. And by the way, something's value is the price somebody is willing to pay for it. 
So may we never, ever forget the price that God paid for you and for me and for every single person on planet earth, because the price that he pays shows the value that we are to God. And John three sixteen says, for this is how God loved you and me and the entire world he gave. In other words, he paid the price of his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Church, that's how much God loves you, values you, and sees you. When he looks at you, and he looks at me, and when he looks at all of humanity, he says, this is how much they're worth. They're worth the price of my one and only son. And honor says, I see you through those lens. I see you the way that God sees you. And it's so important for us to know that honor, it actually starts in the heart. I don't know if you've ever seen this verse, but, but maybe you'll see it through a new lens. It's Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. And God says this, these people, they say they are mine. They honor me with their lips. In other words, they gather together, they worship me, they honor me with their lips, but then it says their hearts are far from me. Now here's what this verse is saying. It's saying that if honor is on your lips, but it is not in your heart, it is not honor. But the reverse is also true. So if honor is in your heart and it's not on your lips, it's also not honor. See, it has to be both. It has to be in our heart and it needs to be on our lips. In other words, honor is both internal and external. See, honor, it starts in your heart, but eventually it has to be expressed in our words, in our actions for it to actually be honor. Now I'm telling you, I've been up to my waist into all things studying honor for the past couple weeks. And I've been trying to find the perfect definition, but I wasn't able to find it until God spoke it to me. So I'm so excited to share my definition of honor with you today. And here it is. Here's after studying as much as I could to prepare to be able to say in public what God told me in private. Here is the best definition that I can think of when it comes to honor. Honor is value expressed. It is. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. Honor is value expressed. I appreciate you having my back. It is value that is expressed. My, my favorite definition of worship is love expressed. And so if worship is love expressed, honor is value expressed. And so what is honor? Honor is value expressed. Here's the second question I want to talk about today. Like, who should I honor? So if that's what honor is, who should get that? Who should I honor? Let me give you three answers from God's word. And here's the first. This one's kind of like a Captain Obvious one, okay? God. Okay, you should, you should honor God. Yeah, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? I know you're at church and you're like, whoa, okay, yeah. We should honor God. Here's what it says in John chapter 5, verse 23. Therefore, the honor that belongs to the Father he will now share with his son. So if you refuse to honor the son, you are refusing to honor the father who sent him. See, Jesus is saying in these verses that honor actually belongs to God, that he deserves honor, that he is worthy of our honor. Listen, how we live our lives 
each and every day should honor God. How we treat people should, should actually honor God. Like our words, the things that we say should honor God. Our actions should honor God. Our decisions should honor God. Our thoughts and all the things that we think should honor God. Like our, our words, our decisions should honor God. Our finances should honor God. Our worship should honor God. Listen, what we do in here and what we do out there should honor God. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, whatever you do, anything, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything we do, everything we say, our whole lives should bring honor to God, should express our value of who God is. So we should always honor God. Here's the second thing. You may not like this one, but it's what God's word says. You should also honor authority. You should honor authority. Romans chapter 13, verse one, it says, for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And let's just be honest, this verse is tough. This verse is tough, especially if you've ever experienced crappy authority in your life. But I want you to notice something that is so important. This verse says, all authority is from God, but not all authority is godly. Let me say it this way. The authority is from God, even if their behavior is not. And God calls us clearly to honor authority. And there are four types of authority. I told you, I got a lot of lists. I got a lot of content for you, so I gotta go fast. And, and there's four types, but I wanna make sure that we all see these four types of authority. And the first is governmental authority. That'll be things like president, vice president, senate, mayor, governor, it's, it's, it's leadership on all levels of government. In Romans chapter 13, verse one says, everyone must submit to governing authorities, honor them. First Peter chapter two, verse 13 and 17 says, in order to honor the Lord, you must respect and defer to the authority of every human institution. And then it has to throw in this last little phrase, honor your rulers. So there's governmental authority. Here's the second kind is family authority. That's parents, grandparents, in-laws, etc. And in Exodus chapter 20, which is actually the 10 commandments. By the way, the 10 commandments, not the 10 suggestions. This is God's top 10 list. It's really important stuff. This is up there with do not murder and don't have any other gods. And this is what it says. One of the 10 commandments is honor your father and your mother. And by the way, this is the only commandment that has a promise attached to it. It says, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is given you. And by the way, this is a lifelong commandment. Like obeying your parents is for when you are living under your parents' care, like while they're taking care of you. But honoring your parents is for life. It's really important to know that. So there's governmental authority, family authority. Third is vocational authority. This would be like at your job and bosses and supervisors. Maybe that would be the CEO of the company. Maybe it's, if you're in school, it's teachers, it's coaches. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1, it says, let as many as our servants, and in our context, it would be employees, students, athletes, under the yoke count, 
their own masters, which would be like bosses, teachers, coaches, worthy of all honor that the name of God and the doctrine be not blasphemy. So there's those type, there's those three, there's governmental authority, family authority, vocational authority. And then number four, there's spiritual authority. That would be pastors, elders, team leaders that maybe if you're on the dream team and there's a team leader you serve under or group leaders, there's there. And by the way, this one is pretty awkward for me to talk about. Um, I really wrestled with what to share when it comes to this, because I know that if I say that here from this platform, it can, it can maybe come across like self-serving. It's like saying, hey guys, honor me. You know, I, I wrestle with that. Um, but let me just say with full integrity in my heart, one, let me honor you because you do that so well. I talk with so many pastors that they feel so defeated and so beat up by the people in their church. They feel so dishonored and they're just like deflated when I talk to them. But I'm telling you, I've never felt that. I am so grateful for you. So you do this so well, but honestly, full integrity in my heart, all I wanna do is I wanna teach you what God's word says. And here's what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, the elders, pastors, leaders, who direct the affairs of the church well, hello, are worthy of double honor. Hey. I guess if you don't do it well, you just get that one scoop of honor. But if you do it good, you get that double scoop, okay? It says, like, give them double honor, especially, come on, those who work in preaching and teaching. Yeah. <laughs> but this is on my heart today. Like, please, please, please hear this. Don't confuse honor with worship. Because... Like this verse, it says to honor your spiritual authority, don't worship your spiritual authority. And the truth is we live in like this celebrity culture. You know, it's like church celebrity, put that together. It's like this celebrity culture where church leaders are often worshiped. And let me just tell you, like that's weird <laughs> and it's wrong. And I'm telling you, if you do that, you will eventually be very disappointed and let down because myself and any other person that would ever stand up in front of another group of people and preach God's word is the same as the people listening. We are all sinners saved by grace, desperately needing the grace and the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. So please, please don't worship spiritual leaders. Listen, worship belongs to God and to God alone. We, we worship God, but we honor people. We honor people. So put that full list back up and see that full list. Because before we move on, I've got to address the elephant in the room. Because the question is, what do you do when you're supposed to honor somebody that's on that list and they're not honorable? What do you do? What do you do if, if there's a corrupt government leader what do you do if there's a politician who does something, says something, or passes a law that you don't agree with? What if you've had bad parents, an absent father, an abusive mother? What if your boss is just a selfish, mean, immoral jerk? 
What do you do if there's a pastor or a church leader that hurts you or has low character? Like how in the world, God, are we supposed to honor people on that list that you're calling us to honor if they're not honorable? Now, you remember that first Peter verse that I read earlier from first Peter chapter two, verse 30. Let's just read it again. It says, in order to honor the Lord, you must respect and defer to the authority of every human institution. Yeah, that's great. But what if they're not honorable? Honor your rulers. I don't like that. What do we do? See, it's important for you to know that when Peter, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote these words that would turn into our Bible that we're reading in 2022, that the king at the time was a guy named Herod Agrippa I, who at the time, get this, was persecuting Christians. He was literally murdering followers of Jesus in cold blood to push his political agenda. Now, I know that we've had some jacked up leaders but no government leader on either side of the aisle has ever done that to my knowledge, as far as I know. But it's that context where Peter, where he says, hey guys, I want you to honor all authority. Here's, here's what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying in these verses that when those politicians or your parents, your boss, that church leader is not honorable, Here's the principle that we honor the position, not the behavior. And it's so important for us to let that sink deep into our hearts that always we will honor the position, not the behavior. And maybe that looks like simply refusing to talk bad about them, to throw shade and to talk trash about anybody that would be on that list. Maybe it's not posting your rant on social media or not jumping in the comments of somebody else's rant on social media. Maybe that looks like, you know what? Anybody that's on that list that's authority, I refuse to gossip behind their back. Maybe that looks like praying for your governmental leaders. And by the way, we will do that tomorrow at Monday Prayer. If you go tomorrow, you're gonna see a resource that we have that has all our city, state, and national leaders on it and all our church leaders on a list so that you can pray for them. God says, pray for them. And maybe that's what it looks like for you to honor them. Maybe that looks like forgiving your parents. Maybe that looks like no matter what your boss does, I'm gonna go in tomorrow and I'm gonna have the best attitude. I'm gonna be a team player and I'm gonna do my best at my job regardless of how anybody else acts. Maybe what that looks like is you not projecting one leader's mistakes onto the next leader that you're under. Bottom line, hear me, it is always the right thing to honor, always. And I've learned, I've learned you will never ever regret taking the posture of honor. And in some cases, we honor the position, not the behavior. So who should we honor? We should honor God. We should honor authority. And just to make sure we got everybody in this next one, number three, we honor everyone. We honor every single person. First Peter chapter two, verse 17. Man, I wish the Bible was easier to understand sometimes. It says... <laughs> Honor everyone, honor everyone. And because I was in the studying mood, I just looked up all the Greek and it was 
digging into that Greek. When I looked up that word everyone in the Greek, here's what it means, everyone, everybody. <laughs> it just means everyone. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but when I read that verse and it says honor everyone, I'm like, really? Like seriously, God, everyone? Like even the people who don't think, believe, vote like me, even the people who let me down, even the people who hurt me, even the people who say awful things about me, even the, the people who just straight up just drive me absolutely crazy, even the people who drive under the speed limit in the fast lane, even Baltimore Ravens fans, ah, yes, even them. Listen, we are called by God to honor everyone. Yes, we are called to honor up to authorities, but we are called by God to honor up, down, and all around. Every single person breathing on planet earth, that means we are called to honor our spouse, our kids, our friends, our employees, our neighbors, every single person in this church, people who go to other churches, people who don't go to church, people we know, people we don't know, Republicans, Democrats, male, female, black, white, brown, every sexual orientation, rich, poor, young, old. If someone has a pulse, they deserve honor. They deserve to have their value, their accurate value recognized, the weight of their value expressed. Why? Because Genesis chapter one, verse 27 doesn't discriminate when it says, so God created human beings in his own image. That means every single person, no matter what they believe, are made in the image of God. So every person breathing on planet earth, not only is made in the image of God, that means that we should honor every single person on planet earth because we are honoring the image of God that is on the inside of them. And by the way, let me make this crystal clear. Honoring is not agreeing. I'm not saying agree with every person. It's okay to disagree, but it's, a, it's not okay to dishonor when you disagree. Like, listen, you can disagree without dishonoring. In fact, I believe one of the greatest indicators of Christian maturity is when you have the capability to honor even when you don't agree. If you wanna take a, like am I a spiritually mature person, that is one of the greatest indicators that I can give you, is do you have the capacity, the capability, when you do not agree to still honor? We good? Okay, last question, number three. This is one I'm so excited about. I've been talking all the time just to get to this one. Number three, here's the third question I wanna answer. What is the result of honor? What is the result of honor? Now, um, I asked you at the very beginning to turn to Mark chapter six. And I wanna share these first six verses of Mark chapter six. And it blew me away this week. Listen to what it says. It says, Jesus, he left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They said, what's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles that he is performing? 
isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. And he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. This is a fascinating story. And the detail that sticks out to me, it literally felt like it jumped off the pages of my Bible today is in verse five where it says, he, Jesus, could not do any miracles there. It doesn't say that he would not do any miracles. It didn't say that he didn't want to do miracles. It said he could not do any miracles. And I don't know about you, but that turns my brain into a pretzel. Like that is so challenging for me theologically. Like, how do I explain that? How, like, God, you're gonna have to help me because that throws off everything. What do you mean that he could not? This is Jesus. This is the son of the living God, the savior of the world, the Messiah, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the name that is above every name that the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue confess that at the name of Jesus, demons flee and run away. But he couldn't, he couldn't do any miracles. God, help me understand why. Because right before Take a look at your Bible in Mark chapter five. Just go read in that chapter alone, he heals a demon possessed man who has like a billion demons in him. And then he miraculously heals a woman who is suffering from a lifelong disease. And then he straight up resurrects a girl who was dead. And then right after this, in Mark chapter six, he feeds over 5,000 people with just a happy meal. And then he ends up walking on water. Like right after that. So why in these six verses could he not do any miracle? Like, help me. Like, what was different? One word, honor. See, Jesus said in Mark chapter six, verse four, that a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown. You see, this took place in his hometown of Nazareth. It's where he grew up. He, he was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth. It's where he spent his first 30 years of his life before his public ministry. So here's what this means, that when people saw Jesus, they didn't see the Messiah. They didn't see the son of God. They saw the guy who grew up down the street. They saw the guy who went to school with their kids. They just saw the carpenter who made their kitchen table and their chairs. Here's what I've learned. And I think the scripture like points this out so much is that familiarity is the number one enemy of honor. Like sometimes, come on, isn't it true? The hardest people to honor are those that are closest to us. Why? When it's the people that probably deserve the most honor. I'm telling you, the hardest people for me to consistently honor is my wife, my awesome son that's right there on the front row skipping kids church. What's up, Caleb? 
It's the, the people that I serve alongside that are amazing, that I, that I see every day, that I'm, I'm leading the church with, and the people that are on my team, and you know, my, my, my parents. And like, it's, it's so hard sometimes to give honor to those closest to us. Why? Because familiarity is the number one enemy of honor. And we see this in the text because listen, it says this in verse three, they scoffed. He's just, could you imagine saying he's just anything to Jesus? It says he's just a carpenter. That's all you are. And then it says the son of Mary, which would have been a massive insult, a massive dig at someone back in that day, because you always identified someone by calling them the son of his father, not the son of his mother. Many scholars actually believe that this little detail in this text is a disrespectful way of acknowledging his reputation of being an illegitimate kid born out of wedlock. So when they say, that's the son of Mary saying like, don't you remember when she was pregnant and not married? And it's this dig, this insult. They dishonored Jesus and that dishonor disabled Jesus. So write down this principle, honor enables and dishonor disables. Honor enables and dishonor disables. So before this in Mark chapter five and after this in Mark chapter six, they honored Jesus and it enabled him to do miracles. But in these six verses in Mark chapter six, they, they dishonored Jesus and it disabled him from doing miracles. And listen, I'm not putting God in a box. Like I've learned a long time ago to just stop doing that. God can do anything. God can do anything. Anything he wants to do, he can do it despite us. But I am teaching this text. And what I see is that honor enables and honor disables. So studying this all week, it became crystal clear. Like, what is the result of honor? And honestly, if you were to ask me before this week, like, what's the result of honor, Pastor Brian? I would have said, you know what? I don't know, like people are encouraged. People feel good. You know, it's like oxygen to the soul. Just, just breathe that encouragement. It's like oxygen. That's, that's what I was said. That's the result of honor. And yes, that's true. But you know what this showed me? It was like, I could see something that I never saw before. And I cannot wait to share this. You know, the result of honor, honor unlocks the power of God. That's what honor does. It unlocks the power of God. It opens the door for the supernatural. It paves the way for the miraculous. So if you want, let's get practical. If you want your family to experience the power of God, let your home be a place of honor. Let where, where kids see husband honoring wife, mom honoring dad, that you see kids honoring parents. I'm telling you that type of environment, you can experience the power of God. If you need to experience a miracle in your marriage, maybe your, mar your marriage right now is hanging on by a thin thread or it's just stuck in a rut. Listen to me, don't dishonor your spouse. Don't just constantly tell them all the ways that they're wrong and all the ways, all the things that they're doing wrong. No, like honor your spouse, call out the greatness that's on the inside of them, express their true value and watch what God does in your marriage. If you wanna experience like the supernatural in your business, 
if you want to experience supernatural favor in your career and for him to open doors, like maybe you never, ever experienced, just make the choice. I mean, I'm going to honor my employees. I'm going to honor my boss. I'm going to honor my teammates and my coworkers. And listen, if we want to be a part of a church where we experience the power of God consistently, where we are experiencing things that could only be described as that's God. Like, I don't know what's happening there. I can't explain it, but I'm just telling you, God shows up at that church. Like if we wanna experience that and the miraculous be evident week after week where we consistently experience the power of God, then we have to get this value right. This value can't just be on a sign. It's gotta be in our culture. It's gotta be in how we talk to each other that we commit to always honoring each other to each other's faces and behind their back that we're just going to consistently take the posture of honor. And I'm telling you, I wanna see God do a revival and a move of God in our city that we call home like never before. I want to experience something that they write in history books. But let me tell you, that's not gonna be just because of one church that reaches its full potential. It's gonna take every church in this city reaching its full potential. So here's what that means. We have to be people of honor when it comes to other churches and other pastors. I'm telling you, if when we do that, when we make the decision, I'm telling you, honor, it unlocks the power of God. It's hard for me to explain. It literally just a light bulb went off and some of you are like, I don't know if I believe that. Well, listen, everything in this book takes faith. So we won't even know if this is true until we start living it. So I'm telling you, like honor, it unlocks the power of God. Honor enables dishonor disables, then I'm telling you, we have experienced this in our church. Many of you have heard me talk about the story of our church. If you come to Grow Track Step 1 next week, I'll do it. And I'll share and I'll say that we started our church on September 16th, 2018, a little over four years ago. And I always say this when I'm explaining it. I say that it feels like we've been in the middle of a miracle. I say that and I true, I truly mean it. It feels like we've been in the middle of a miracle. And as I started thinking about that, that this week, God said, do you know why? I was like, I, maybe, like, do you wanna tell me? <laughs> and I felt like God say, as I was studying, as I was preparing, he said, one of the reasons the church has experienced what it's experienced is because the church has consistently taken the posture of honor. And listen, church, if we want to be able to say for the next four years that what we've experienced, we are still in the middle of a miracle, we have to be heart and soul committed to staying in the posture of honor. Listen, this is who we are. This is what makes us uniquely us. Honor is our posture. So may we always be people of honor in our relationships, in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships, in our businesses, in our careers, in our church, and in our city. May we always take the posture of honor. And may we always, very last verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, may we always 
outdo one another in showing honor. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And before we end, we do wanna take some time to respond to what God is doing. And so I wanna ask you, right where you're at, will you just pray this simple prayer? Will you just say, God, what are you saying to me today? Like, what are you speaking to me? Maybe ask him, like, is there anything that you want me to do as a result of this? Maybe ask him, what should my response be to this message? Is there a, is there a next step that you have for me? And maybe while I was sharing this, God was putting someone on your heart that you need to honor. Maybe it's someone that's close to you. Maybe it's somebody in this room. Listen, I wanna challenge you, if that's you, I wanna ask that that you refuse to leave this building today without looking them in the eyes and honoring them. Maybe you need to pick up the phone, you need to call somebody, maybe FaceTime them so they see the sincerity in your eyes and you need to honor them. You need to express the value that they actually have. Maybe that's your response today. Maybe you're here and this was so heavy on my heart as I was preparing. Maybe you need to repent today of moments where you've been being dishonoring. And by the way, that word repentance, that word repent, oftentimes we have a negative connotation, but it's actually a beautiful word. It actually, like God's kindness actually brings us to repentance. And the word repentance, it just simply means I'm changing my mind. I'm changing how I think about that. And then it's an internal change, which then leads to an external change. So I change my mind, which leads to a change of direction in my behavior. But everything has to start with our mind. And so maybe today you need to repent. In fact, I wanna take just a moment to do that. That if you're here and you would just say like, this really challenged me. Like I have not been honoring people the way that God has called me to honor people. And today I wanna repent. I wanna change my mind. I wanna change my direction. I wanna start honoring people the way that God has called me to honor people. If you're here and you would say that, I just wanna pray for you real quick. We just raise your hand up in the air and say, that's me. That's me. I'm, not, I'm just not honoring people that way. And I just, I feel conviction from God about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for your honesty. I know if I was sitting there, my hand would be up. Yeah, yeah. Let me pray real fast. God, I just thank you for the honesty in the room. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for the conviction of that. God, I reject every lie of the enemy that would give guilt and shame and condemnation. That is not from you, but God, I do know that your spirit does give conviction. And so God, right now, if there has been moments, there are relationships in our life where we have been dishonoring. God, we tell you that we repent from that. We repent from those thoughts. We repent from that behavior. We repent from those words. God, would you change our mind in this area? Would you change us on the inside? Then that it can be expressed on our outside so that we could change our direction and go from being dishonoring to a person who honors. God, we say that we're sorry, that we need your help. God, we need the power of your Holy Spirit to help us be all the ways that you've called us to be, including this one. And so God, right now we choose and God, we walk out of this place different than how we walked in. We thank you for Jesus. And with every eye still closed, 
and every head still bowed. Maybe you're here and you are far from God. We never want to have one service at our church where we don't give you the opportunity to get right with God. And I'm telling you, one of the best ways that you can honor God today is to leave this place knowing that your relationship with him is right. And maybe you've never made the decision to receive grace. Maybe you've never given Jesus your life, or maybe you have in the past, but you just find yourself at church today and you're far from God. And today you need a fresh start. We wanna give you that opportunity to get right with God. And we're not gonna point you out or make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. All I wanna do is lead you in a very simple prayer. But if you wanna be included in that prayer, if today you know that your response is to get right with God, whether it's starting a relationship or it's restarting a relationship with him and getting a fresh start. If you're here and you don't wanna leave this room without that, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three as a step of faith to put your hand up in the air and say, include me in that prayer. One, two, three. If that's you, put your hand up in the air. I got you, I got you. Anybody else? Yes, yes. Anybody else that says, man, I just wanna get right with God today. I got you, that's awesome. So proud of you. You can put your hand down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you and I need you. And I'm sorry, I repent. I'm sorry if I've lived my life without you. I don't wanna do that anymore. So right now, I invite you into my life. Will you change me and make me brand new? I give you everything. I give you my life. I surrender my whole life to you. And right now, I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your fresh start. We honor you today, Jesus. And today we choose to follow you. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, amen. Church, I want you to clap your hands. Come on and celebrate with all those that just made that decision. Come on, that's awesome. We're so proud of you. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.